Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to all you guys listening. Uh, Obviously, this will come out after the fact that Thanksgiving is over, but still, happy Thanksgiving to all you guys, and happy holidays. Um, It's just me and Zach today. Evan will not be available for this week's recording due to his uh, work schedule. Got dumped on him last second that he has a double to work tomorrow, which was when we were going to record, but um, we're going to hold down the fort here and go over week one of our, or match day one for every game in the groups. So, uh, Zach, how you been? How has your World Cup experience been so far? Good. I wish I was there riding the horses and enjoying all the uh, amenities in Qatar. Yeah. Instead, I'm home eating some delicious turkey, so I guess it's a good trade-off. Yeah, we uh, just finished eating a couple hours ago, so if you guys can tell from my voice, it's a little bit slowing down. Uh, just woke up from like a deep nap, so I had to digest Turn all off the, the food. food coma. Yeah, so I might be a little slow. Zach might have to carry a bit more, but uh, that's why we're a team here at Post 20. So uh, I guess let's just get right into it. We start in Group A, where we had the host nation, Qatar, lose 2-0 to Ecuador. There was the whole talk of potential uh, Qataris paying off a bunch of Ecuadorian players millions of dollars to lose the opening game 1-0. They weren't having it. It was an absolute riot. Ecuador controlled every bit of this game. Um, what did you see out of this game, Zach? Is it looking? Is there any improvement Qatar can do moving forward? Or was this the least uh, damaging match of the three that they'll see coming? It's probably the least damaging of the three. I think them coming up against a South American team uh, just really scared them, that heat, that intensity. And over Valencia bagging two. Yeah, know, I think Senegal is going to run all over them, and I think Netherlands is going to control the game versus them. Yeah, and they, they had maybe one clear chance in the first half that they uh, skimmed right across the goal, header from one of their main two guys up front, and... Other than that, they were really chasing after the game. You saw a lot of And they're young... without their uh, starting goalie. Yeah, unfortunately, they picked up an injury early in the match. The goalkeeper took a, a massive fa- broke his nose and had a concussion. Collided issue. with his defender. Yeah, it was sad to see. And the backup goalie had to come on, and you could tell the difference. He really struggled a bit at times and moving on. I don't, I'm not sure how they'll do going forward, but hopefully they can get a point for their sake out of this uh they could be the second team ever not to qualify out of the group here like south africa so it's Post looking nation. like that yeah mm-hmm. so in the other match we had we had two potential top teams in this group we had senegal also losing 2-0 to netherlands but this score line seemed a little bit different it was it was 0-0 up until the 84th minute where youngster cody Gakpo made his his little debut on the world cup scene and Got a goal, and then in the 99th minute, I believe, uh, well, you know, I thought he was involved in the last one. I think I'm thinking of your parlay there when he had a goal and an assist. But um, Davy Klausen came on and uh, scored the second goal, which um, I don't think was fair for how the contest was going, but still I think Netherlands deserved the win. Um, with that, with a Saudi Mane list team, uh, did, did Senegal perform better than you thought they would here? Yeah, they, they hung in there. I mean, it was better to watch than the first game. It was actually between two proper uh, teams, so there was there was back-and-forth play. But Netherlands got it done in the end with their tactical changes. You saw the pie come in the second half there. Got a few more chances, and like you said, Klassen bagged the second one to push them through to the three points that I think they probably deserved. 
Yeah, from their starting lineup, they had uh, Noport, who I've never heard of. Um, plays he's a six foot eight goalie. I'm sure that's the most he plays in the Air Divisie for Harrenven. I'm sure I butchered that, but um, they have a lot of home prospect guys from the Bundes or the Air Divisie playing in this team. A lot of names I'm not too familiar with, but they play that three five two system with um, Louis Van Hall back at the helm. Yeah, it, it's proved to succeed. Thought Depay would be a, a normal starter, but they're saying he's recovering from a bit of a hammy injury, so he might not be involved as much as we think. So uh, my bet for him being Golden Boot winner right now is not looking too good. But yeah, going forward, they look dominant. Uh, their next matchup, I believe they yeah they play Qatar. Oh no, sorry, they play Ecuador uh, tomorrow, 11 a.m. That'll be a battle. If they could win that, they're almost certain to win the group. Uh, closing against Qatar, so it should be good moving forward for them. They just really need to lock that down, and Senegal get a bounce back game. Hopefully, they can run it up against Qatar. So, Group A is kind of shaping out into yeah. a way that a lot of us thought it would. Um, yeah, Gakpo is the guy to watch on that Netherlands team. Playing that number ten role is crucial for how they play. And so, mm-hmm. right behind the strikers, getting involved in the wings, pretty much doing everything he can in the attack. Yeah, all right. That closes out Group A. We move on to Group B with the United States, England, Wales, and Iran. Uh, the first match in this group, we saw England absolutely rip Iran apart 6-2. Um, kind of got a pity goal there in the 103rd minute with a VAR penalty. Um, really messed up a lot of people predicting the score here. But you had five different scores for England. Bellingham, Sterling, Rashford, Grealish, and Bukayo Saka leading the way with both with two goals. Uh, no goal for Harry Kane, got an assist, had a bit of a scare there with a, a bit of an ankle issue, but uh, reports now are saying he's perfectly fine, training fine. Um, a brace, though, for Tarami. He's also got two goals now, leading the le- leading the tournament with uh, five other players. I already mentioned Saka. Uh, Enter Valencia earlier had two goals in the Ecuador win. Um, so you're having a handful of guys having success. But Iran... Once they started letting up those first few goals, they weren't like a lot of teams would have done. They didn't try to close up shop and, and kind of protect that goal differential. They kind of sent it a bit, and uh, the scoreline shows it. The the quality of England's players really just absolutely tore them apart. Yeah, England was clearly the better team here. And uh, for Iran, there was a goalie collision. Just like in the... Qatar game, except the goalie this time leveled his own defender with his knee. No, I think that was uh, I think that was Saudi Arabia. You're thinking of that was Saudi Arabia. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. get all the Middle Eastern teams mixed up. Yeah. Well, regardless, Iran was the lesser of the two teams here. England bagging six goals on them, looking clean. Is this what Getting we subs in, rotating the squad? Is this what we can see from England going forward, or was this a tactics thing where? Um, they just took advantage of Iran kind of wanting to go for it. A little bit of both. I mean, they're going to play each game as its own thing. They'll make tactical changes as they go. I mean, I've, from what I've seen, Southgate seems like a reactive manager, so it'll be a game-by-game basis. And using the five subs will make the tactical changes a bit easier, getting more fresh legs on the pitch. Maguire's performance, uh, a lot of people liked it. He was heavily involved, got the assist on the second goal, off a corner uh how do you like him in this system going forward hey he's fired up i mean he'll i could definitely see him bagging a goal in the group here getting yeah. up for a corner or set piece goal something like that 
Yeah, and we really didn't see the full depth of this team. Um, well, actually, we kind of no. did, obviously. We saw yeah. Grealish. And the attack, you did. Marcus Rashford immediately came on. His first touch was a goal. Grealish got on the board as well off the bench. Foden involved. Um, just heavily, heavily involved in that. The, 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 the depth of this team, it's a joke in a way. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, they come up against the Americans next. If they win, they'll qualify for the knockout round and uh, could potentially play a B team, if you will, against Wales on the last day to rest some legs. So um, it all depends on tomorrow in that game against the U.S. But I think that's the plan for them. Yeah, in the other game, we saw Wales in the United States, our home, our home country here. A disappointing draw from our perspective against Wales. They took the lead 36 minute with Tim Weah. First half, they really controlled the game, um, dominated the chances, and Wales kind of didn't do too much, but... Second half, Zach mentioned five subs. It allows managers to make early changes to really change the momentum of the game earlier on than later. Uh, they bring in Kiefer Moore, who up top, who we really couldn't handle in a way. Uh, and Greg Barhalter didn't really make any changes to combat that, to equalize in a way. So the second half was more of Wales end, if you will. And they got a penalty in the 82nd minute off a poor uh, decision by Walker Zimmerman to take Bale out um, unnecessarily, and Matt Turner did his best, guessed the right way, but uh, Gareth Bale just leathered the ball in the bottom right corner, and from there it was it was it was even, and uh, the U.S. couldn't do anything after that, only registering one shot on target to Wales is three. Um, out hit him with a, at least 160 more passes, 59% to 41% possession, uh, more accurate with the passing accuracy. And yeah, I mean, it was, uh, what's your take? I know on the day we were really disappointed, watched with a bunch of friends at a local brewery. Uh, we had issues with the lineup uh, overall and the changes maybe that Greg made. He only made, well, he made all five subs, but maybe a little too late. Some guys didn't come on that we maybe we liked. Um, what was your overall take here? Yeah, first half controlled the game. I was happy with the overall performance, dominating the possession goal came from a good counter attack nice uh, composed finish from Tim Wyatt and at the half I was pretty confident we were going to go on hold out and win the game but changes were only made to rotate the squad I know there were maybe some fitness issues but you go 1-0 up against this Wales team who really was a lopsided team they didn't their only midfielder in the squad was Aaron Ramsey so I, I, fe I feel we could have packed it in and, and held out but I don't think the tact there were any tactical changes made. They put Kiefer more in, like you said, we couldn't handle him. That took uh, split the attention from the defense. Walker Zimmerman got careless, took his man out in the box, Bale blasted it in. I mean, that just felt like a dagger dropping points in this game. Yeah, when I look Dagger'd at this, the heart. Yeah, when we look at when I look at this eleven, I see a very young team. Obviously, we're the youngest team at this tournament uh, by a mile, and uh, just our size overall. We're a very small team. When I look outside of those center backs, where when we match up on set pieces, we struggled a bit. Uh, and Matt Turner as well isn't the biggest guy. Uh, struggled more than a bit on set pieces. They were like, Pulisic was taking all the corners. He couldn't even whip a ball in properly. Yeah, it was uh, like we didn't even track the set pieces. Yeah, I was speaking more on the defensive end, but yeah, whenever Pulisic during the qualifiers, when we watched, anytime he took any set pieces, it never worked out. Uh, always going short and not making it past the first man, which has been a long issue with myself. And I'm sure a lot of people notice that here in this match, but 
Um, Kellen Acosta came on, and I think he's our overall best set-piece guy when it comes to it. Josh Sargent had an early chance in the first half, header near post, um, off target. But other than that, there wasn't really involvement. He had very few touches. Uh, Haji Wright comes on, that bigger frame. Potentially, maybe we need him to start. Uh, we, we didn't see Gio Reyna in this game. He chose Jordan Morris over him only in the 88th minute. So, um, And we had a lot of key guys get yellow cards here. We got Tim Ream, Dest, McKinney, and Acosta all in yellow cards. So if any of them pick up another yellow in this England game, uh, they won't be available for the Iran game, which could be detrimental if we can't earn a point out of England. So uh, what's your right now, what's your feeling? Does Does it look like? We have a leg up on Wales potentially to move on, or do you think do you think it's looking bleak here? I think we just gotta focus on our own game. We gotta get at least a point from England and beat Iran. That's what it's looking like for me. The ideal situation. Yeah, and the U.S. players will know all day because uh, Wales Iran is the first match tomorrow, 5 a.m. for us, but 1 p.m. for them over there. So they'll know all the way leading up to the match uh, if Wales win. We almost have to win, um, or at least get a point to to have some sort of stakes going into the Iran game. But yeah, it's it's out of everybody's minds. It's on both of our minds. I know it's on Evan's minds and all you guys listening. It's we've waited eight years for this, and we don't want it to go to waste uh, and have to wait four more years for um, this type of energy to come back. So. Um, I'm, I'm thinking more on the positive side. Uh, we'll talk about Canada later, but I think if we come out with that sort of enthusi- enthusiasm and energy mm-hmm. into the game, I think we can definitely earn a point against England. So, all right. I think it's best we move on. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's all I've wanted. I think anything past the round of 16 is gravy. I know you guys both took us to make the quarters, so um, that's how I'm seeing it. So that closes Group B. We move on to Group C. Uh, this this group absolute upside down we have saudi arabia top of the group beating argentina um just from there what what's the thought process argentina's gotta bounce back uh the mexico game is definitely gonna be fiery saudi arabia got a holiday the day after they won so they're buzzing uh i think saudi's got a good shot at, at coming through i think that poland team is one that they can definitely take points off of and finish at least second in the group. Yeah, I believe the stat is uh, if you win your opening game of the group stage, you're 82% chance of advancing to the knockout round, So, um, which I I believe would be Saudi Arabia's first time making it out of the group, um, which would be historic for them. Absolutely insane. Messi scored in the 10th minute here. Uh, people thought they were going to steamboat them. They had three more goals that were all ruled off sides before Saudi Arabia got their first goal there in the 48th and then another in the 53rd. There were only two shots on target the entire game. After that, Argentina went all in. Uh, Almost 90% of their play developed down the right side from Di Maria. You could tell the younger guys didn't have as much involvement or impact on the game. We did see Julian Alvarez from Man City play in this team. Uh, Latara Martinez, Papu Gomez, um, midfielders from Paredes from PSG and DePaul from um i believe yes atletico madrid so top quality guys across the the european leagues just couldn't get the job done um this saudi arabia team this was the game where the left back el shaharini 
uh, got absolutely floored from his goalkeeper's knee. Um, just an ugly scene to watch. Got stretchered off, but gave the thumbs up and was okay, it seems like. But this team was all in. You could tell everybody off that bench made a major impact in some point in the game that came on. Uh, the coach has a history with having miracle matches, it seems like, uh, his past 10 years in international football. So uh, overall, great win. Happy to see some parity across the, the tournament. But Argentina, one of the top three favorites, now almost needing to win against Mexico and Poland to get out of this group. Um, anything else for Argentina you think going forward? What do you do? You agree they have win. to win. They have to win their next two. Win, score goals, and win. Yep, they they play Mexico next on Saturday, two o'clock, and then close against Poland. So definitely doable because both of these teams kind of helped out Argentina away. They drew nil nil. the The main chance we saw was Poland. Uh, earn a penalty and in the second half I believe and that man Ochoa the man of moments on international stage saves a penalty from Lewandowski keeping Mexico's hopes alive in this group um, one of many nil-nils but one of the more exciting nil-nils would you wouldn't you say or was there something different you saw here yeah this this, this one had its ups and downs I think it was one of the more exciting ones because once once games open up, I think that's when Mexico played their best. They they had their chances here, but they put Jimenez up front, who is a wolf striker, who those guys don't know how to score. So yeah, subbing him in was essentially conceding the win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we see Poland play Saudi Arabia next, who it doesn't seem like is a pushover game. That could go either way now. And they obviously close against Argentina, whereas Mexico go into another heated slugfest against Argentina, which those teams have a history in the World Cup. I believe there were Mexican fans uh, in Qatar screaming Messi sucks and Argentina, stuff like that. And there was a brawl on the streets between the two fans, uh, nations. So that will be a feisty match come Saturday. We move on to Group D, which went more standard. We see France top of the group. They beat Australia 4-1 bit scary there for a second with Australia getting the opening goal from Craig Goodwin uh, and then the floodgates opened we saw Rabio score Olivier Giroud with a brace passing Thierry Henry for most goals all time for France and then that man Kylian Mbappe getting on the score sheet here was this a standard dominant performance from France even after the double loss of Nkunku and Benzema for the tournament yeah I thought they looked really good here they went down in the first 10 minutes I believe it was to Australia but they immediately bounced back they didn't look scared at all they were easily in my top three for favorite to watch from from all the first games yeah this Australia team definitely looks like one of the worst teams coming into this tournament didn't have a lot going for them that you could tell as the game went on they got more and more down on themselves and France dominated the ball here with 63% seven shots on target to Australia's won. It was definitely a, a, a show for France to show everybody that they're here to run the table, uh, potentially go back-to-back. Um, and yeah, Giroud just fits right in. Anywhere he plays, he's perfectly fine. He can always be that number one guy, even if the other players aren't there. So it's looking good for him going forward. And surprisingly, I saw the selection of Konate over Saliba in center back with Upamakano. So he didn't even play. We saw Koundé get subbed in here. Um, didn't you say there was an injury to Lucas Hernandez? He tore his ACL here. So Yeah, and then his brother, uh, Teo Hernandez, came in for him and played well. 
Yeah, that sucks. This France team's picking up a lot of injuries, which down the line could really cost them in these uh, tight matchups, potentially outside the uh, group stage. So good for them. They, they play Denmark next, which is potentially the top two teams here. Uh, and then the other match, we saw another nil-nil, Tunisia and Denmark. Uh, one of the more boring ones, Denmark controlled more of the ball, but there were chances on both sides for teams to get the winner here. But ultimately, it was a, one of those bores that thankfully was one of the earlier games to watch here. Um, what do you think about both teams here going forward? I think they both look forward to picking up points on Australia, and then the matchup versus France for each of them is going to be tough. Uh, this one looks just like uh, Group B. Denmark and Tunisia playing the roles of uh, U.S. and Wales. Yep, Tunisia plays Australia next, where Denmark obviously plays France, where they can hopefully pick up a point here, which I definitely think they can. All right, halfway through, we go to Group E. This group was electric as well. We see Spain topping the group right now after an absolute embarrassing result on Costa Rica. Spain wins 7-0. Uh, the worst defeat Costa Rica's had in a World Cup, I believe, and Spain's best. Um, six different scores here. We saw Danny Olmo, Marco Asensio, Gavi, uh, Carlos Soler, and Alvaro Morata getting goals. And then Fernand Torres with a brace. Uh, the commentary couldn't stop mentioning that he's dating uh, Luis Enrique's daughter, uh, the head coach. So there's that whole thing going on, but he obviously deserves his place in the team. Heavily influenced with a lot of Barcelona players. We saw five Barcelona players start in the 11-8 overall in the squad. Um, obviously, Luis Enrique being a former Barcelona manager. But absolute dominance here. Does it even look like Costa Rica has a chance in this group? No, not at all. I just want to add one thing about Spain. The, that bar, All that Barcelona influence, especially... Uh, Luis Enrique, their former Barca manager, just makes it easier for those guys to switch between club and country. I think that's that's a big factor for the Spain team. And the midfield was just gorgeous to watch. Yeah, and Evan's favorite phrase, death by a thousand cuts, the, the Man City way is also the Spanish way overall. And yeah. That's what they did here, I believe. Let's see, they had a total total amount of passes of 1,045 passes to Costa Rica's 230 um, that's definitely the most passes I've ever seen in a match, which is incredible. Uh, but Spain will play Germany next. Germany definitely will be able to cut more things out than Costa Rica did. The The midfield ran the show here with Busquets, Gavi, and Pedri. Uh, Gavri, Gavi and Pedri especially were two absolute ballers. People make comparisons to Xavi and Iniesta, how they ran the midfield. So definitely good going forward for them. Pedri, the young player of the Euro tournament back in 2021, so it'll be a spicy matchup, uh, especially with the Germans being the hungrier dogs. After losing to Japan 2-1, they had the 1-0 lead off of Ilkay Gundogan penalty. But the Japanese made a few changes, like all managers, like all good managers do. They changed the tactics. They weren't afraid to Germany. They went at them, even with only 26% possession, being very direct play. And they scored two goals, 75th minute and 83rd from Doan and Asano. Uh, and then from there, it, the Germans couldn't get back into it. Um, what do you think about this J Japanese team? I think we all kind of had a feeling that they could do this. Um, but now they actually showed they can, and they have a strong chance to get out of this group. Yeah, it's just like you and Evan said in the uh, the prediction pod that we did. 
before the World Cup started, this Japan team was going to be well-disciplined. They were going to ride games out to the end and fight till the end, regardless who the opponent is, and it showed right here. 2-1 over Germany. Big World Cup favorite. Yeah, and the Japanese play Costa Rica next. Um, Should be another win for them. 5 a.m. on Sunday, this Sunday coming up. So a win there pretty much clinches them it through. Um, That's... If, uh, Amazing for if them. Germ- as long as Germany doesn't win against Spain, they are, it, is, it is definite that they will go through. So, um, And then they close against Spain, which could be deciding who finishes top. So, I think that Germany-Spain game coming up is going to be the, the most intense one of the group easily. It definitely will. Speaking for Germany, the youngster Musiala um, was formerly with England, but decided to go with Germany instead internationally. He was a major impact in this team. Um, Nabry as well had a few chances, Kimmich in the midfield, but uh, that back line seemed to have issues. They didn't really have a clear fullback option in their team. They had Sule, Aram. Um, those guys conventionally aren't fullbacks. Um, I know they have Kitilo Kerr, who's played right back for West Ham and PSG at times. I see Klosterman on this team. Gunter can play out there as well, but yeah, it doesn't seem like they have a fully... They don't it's a, the, that that well-oiled German machine. You know what I'm talking about. It just didn't seem like it was there. Yeah, that's what I was worried about with them coming into this World Cup. I wasn't sure that they would have 11 guys each with set roles in the squad or def- well-defined roles. I don't. It showed here. Okay, that closes Group E. Three groups left. We go to Group F, where we saw Belgium beat Canada. They currently lead the group there on a one-nil win. Um, it. I mean, Canada deserves something out of this game. Twenty-two shots to Belgium's nine. Both teams had three shots on target. Shots on targets. What you want to look at there? Very close in possession. Belgium leading fifty-four forty-six passes. Belgium got uh ninety more passes than Canada, but Canada were very dynamic, very direct, very fast. Um, a lot of players on the ball, not afraid to go at the Belgians. And the Belgians looked pretty scared at times. They had the back lines very old. Couldn't keep up with the pace. Courtois, absolutely man of the match. Even though De Bruyne did. De Bruyne's post-match interview was um, he didn't believe he deserved this. He, he thinks he got it just based off his name, which I felt was fair. Um, but Canadians didn't deserve it because they didn't get anything out of it. You know what I mean? So somebody yeah. had to get it. Michi Batshuayi got the winning goal here in the 44th minute before the half. A direct over the top ball, he brought it down well and put it away nicely. Um, past it's actually board, just a on. one-touch finish, yeah. Yeah, so that's how it works here. When Canada was committing numbers heavily, that's just one ball over. Called him out, and the clinicalness of him put it away. So um, what did you think of this game overall? I know I've, I already know your take from talking before, but yeah, Canada, Canada did everything but the finishing. They could not finish. Even Davies. I was worried Davies was going to be he did. calling out his teammates for not finishing, but he missed his pen. It was yeah. it was low, right next to Courtois. He laid right down over it. Yeah, they should have had a second so, penalty as well. Um, from Yeah, there's bar. arguments for that second penalty. That was a, I, I think it should have been. But in the moment, that ref had to make a tough call there, whether it was offsides or a pen. He blew us for offsides, which canceled the penalty call out, which was rough for them. They could have almost had a third yeah. later on but with 20 shots in the game you gotta have more than three on target that was just pitiful yeah and we saw the and, oldest player make a 
make his de- tournament debut there in Ativa Hutchinson, 39 years old, playing in his first World Cup. Uh, that's insane. That's crazy in the middle of the park. Uh, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? But yeah, there's alarm bells for both teams. Like you said, Belgium, their old defense couldn't keep up with the pace of Canada. So that's something to watch for them going forward. And Canada's finishing ability, they, they couldn't capitalize on a lot of the chances they had. Yeah, and their group's not easy either. Both all four teams look like they're very competitive and can definitely get involved in games. Um, Belgium play Mar- the- Morocco next, and then you have yeah. Canada against Croatia. I was going to say one of the main takeaways from this is, is Belgium's uh, management through Bruno Martinez. They stuck into the end, picked their chance, got the 1 0, held, held the uh, lead, and got it done. You know, I think Martinez will take them out of the group here and potentially quarterfinals or beyond based on who they play. Yeah, no Lukaku, he's hurt. That's why Betchwai got the start. And yep. Yeah, I think overall their team depth, it doesn't look promising to me personally. I don't know if they can make that deep of a run. Yeah, the, the depth is rough, but I think the, the management style will, will keep them in. Yeah, and the other match, we saw another nil-nil draw here, Morocco and Croatia. Um, Croatia's 65% possession and Morocco's 35%, but both teams had two shots on target. And Morocco actually outshot Croatia 8-5 to five in total, so... Um, Morocco looked dangerous down the flanks. They have Hakimi, probably the best right back in the world. Um, Mazraoui, uh, plays club at Bayern, picked up an injury here. Tough, uh, class fullback there for him. He got taken off. We got Ziek there. Amrabat had a chance. They have a lot of quality players going forward, but wasn't meant to be. Uh, Croatia had their chances as well. Modric, uh, I think Kovacic, Perisic had a chance. Um, but nobody had their their scoring boots on in the end of the day, so they both had to share the points. Um, what do you think about Croatia here making the, another run last time, runners-up in the tournament? Um, does this team look like they can definitely make another deep run, or is that a, a once-in-a-lifetime once thing right now? I think it might have been, not a once-in-a-lifetime, but it'll be once harder to replicate. Yeah, it'll be harder to replicate now with the, the older guys in the squad. Some guys left. Mandzukic, I think, played a big role in that run they made at the last World Cup, and they don't have him. Like uh, you saw here, no goals, so they were lacking in the scoring department. It's like uh, the Denmark and Tunisia game. Two teams trying to figure each other out, figure themselves out. Yeah, and they're going to really be tested for their legs because uh, they play Canada next right now. The win probability is 45% to Croatia and 27 to Canada there. Um, so they're just giving the bias to the European team. Um, they definitely need a point out of that if they want to stay in it. Um, so yeah, Group F is looking pretty spicy. We go to Group G. These last two groups we just finished watching today. Brazil, 2-0 win over Serbia. Was this your favorite team to watch overall in the tournament? Brazil, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> they they were able to show their essentially their A and B team going forward. And they absolutely diced Serbia up as the game went on. Yeah, for Charleston with a brace here in the 62nd and 73rd. The the, the latter being uh, a nice scissor kick from the penalty marker. Class goal, definitely the best of the group play so far. Excellent delivery from uh, Vinicius Jr. too. Yeah, just the quality and the name, the name reputation um, and the, from their whole team is incredible. What they have in this tournament, they are 100% the favorites. And I'm sure the odds are going down even more. Held Serbia to no shots on target, only five in total to their eight. Yeah, I think on their sh- only shots came from uh, corner kicks. 
Yeah, they really handled they really handled Serbia well. They didn't let them counter quickly, uh, and the service to Mitrovic was very dry. But I think the Serbia team can definitely damage other teams and potentially get out of this group. But yeah, Brazil was was class and dominated from top to finish here. Uh, Neymar didn't have to to have his best A game to really uh, get Brazil over the line. I think his supporting cast is definitely there, uh, and it has improved in, since years past. Uh, and then in the earlier game, we saw Switzerland get a 1-0 win over Cameroon. Briel Mbolo scoring the lone goal. Uh, born in Cameroon, did not celebrate uh, out of respect. Uh, scored in the 48th, and from there it was over. Uh, Switzerland three shots to Cameroon's five on target. Possession and passes pretty much even. Uh, it was a flip of the coin, if you will, and the African team once again fell short. Um what do you think going forward here? Uh, just overall in the, both of these teams, what are you thinking? Cameroon's going to struggle going forward against a very physical Serbian team and a Brazilian team, which I think they have borderline no shot against. And Switzerland is going to be thankful they got three out of this because they can happily, not happily, but uh, drop points to Brazil and not have to worry as much, nearly as much as Cameroon. Uh, I think Switzerland still have stuff to worry about. I think they almost have to get a point out of that Brazil game because if they lose and Serbia win, it's going to come down to that last match between the two. And there is there is political um, odds against each other, if you will, whatever I'm trying to say. They're, they don't like each other um, for political reasons That's and stuff. It. So that might be an absolute bloodbath in that last game. Uh, and then the last group here, we got Group H. We saw Portugal get a crazy 3-2 win over over Ghana. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo getting on the score sheet off a penalty, as well as João Felix and Rafael Liao, both assisted by Bruno Fernandes. Uh, and then on the other end, we saw Ghana get two from Andre Ayew in the 73rd, and then Osman Bakari in the 89th with a late goal. Uh, absolutely hitting the best Sui of the match, more better than Ronaldo's. Um, this what do you think about this game was this the most entertaining game out of all the group play yeah it it went down to the whistle after that second goal in the stoppage time diego carlos portugal's goalie picked up the ball thought everyone was out of the box you know took his time set it down (laughs) and he didn't realize inaki williams is right behind him stumbled took the ball from him but he couldn't get the shot away that was quite literally to the last second to the whistle so ghana could have got a point from this from uh, some crazy drama mm-hmm. but Portugal bagged three and uh, pulled out with the win which I think they uh, I think they deserved the three points for this game yeah goalkeeper Diego Diego Costa or Diogo Costa Diogo Costa should, uh, yeah I think I meant to said Carlos yeah he definitely I don't think should be starting the next game um, after that uh, he might be losing his spot there yeah he had a lot he was of- having some distribution problems too coming out of the back yeah he's only 23 they have two veteran keepers on this team in Roy Patricio as well as Jose Sa I think they both could do a decent job in goal but yeah um, we'll see going forward Ghana definitely showed they can battle in this tournament have the pace they have decent guys in this team overall I think Kudus in the middle from Ajax definitely had a good showing Andre I with the goal um, Thomas yeah, Party uh, have been here before too yeah Thomas Party not too not his best game um, and then Salisu giving up the penalty to Ronaldo. I feel like this Portugal team played better without Ronaldo. 
Uh, I'm sure other people see that in a way, but maybe don't want to say it. They're almost force feeding it to him at times. And he obviously doesn't have the highest of work rates in the overall game. So um, Bruno Fernandez for those other two assists was great. And they have quality guys that can finish. You got Felix Leao off the bench, who is somebody that yep. should definitely start. He got his first international goal in this game um, at the age of, I think he's only like 22. Uh, he's 23. Yeah, he turned 23 this past summer. So they have a lot of quality in this team, and the back line's not too bad in itself. So uh, um, all important three points. Now they go into a heated matchup against Uruguay, which could decide who makes it out of this group, where we saw the other game in South Korea and Uruguay also end nil-nil. Um, tough matchup there for both. There were definitely chances more so for Uruguay with only one shot on target in this entire game. Uh, 17 shots in total, 10 for Uruguay, 7 for South Korea. I feel like this Uruguay team was one of the most physical teams. Anytime there was a 50-50 ball, uh, the Uruguay player won, whether he took the ball or he leveled the Korean player onto the ground. Um, they were very dominant in that aspect, but... Not a lot of build-up play from them. Very Route 1. Suarez isn't that player, but they have the speed of Nunes on the one wing. I think when Cavani came in, he had moments as well. Uh, they have the youngster in Palistri, um, who I believe plays for Man United. He's a youngster for them. Um, definitely has a bit of flair for him. I think Garnacho's got more minutes than him um, in the recent times. But a very experienced team overall. Um, Musilera didn't start, somebody we all thought would be the number one, but they took uh, Sergio Rochette, who plays in the Uruguay um, club or division at the home. So somebody that we're not too familiar with, but definitely did okay in this game. So um, what do you think overall here, but for both teams going forward? They can definitely pick up points on that Ghanaian team. And I think Uruguay's got a shot. You have in Portugal run for their money with that physicality. And Nunes up top, who has most certainly has the ability to bag goals. Yeah, it seems like Portugal will control possession in all these games, but I think the counterattack from Uruguay will be a little more deadlier than Ghana's. Yeah. Um, and for South Korea, I think they'll definitely have more of a more of an easier time against Ghana. Not to say that Ghana's going to be a walk in the park, as we could see here, but... I think South Korea will definitely have more than zero shots on target uh, when they play each other uh, next week. Um, these games will be played on the twenty on Monday, on the 28th. So a lot to play for. That's all the teams we covered. Um, like I said, there are six players leading the Golden Boot right now with two goals. Um, Bruno and Harry Kane both have two assists. They lead that department. Nobody got any red cards. Nobody is suspended yet for the future games, but I'm sure we'll see a couple players in the second round. Um, I guess after the first round of, of games, who are your top three teams that you think are looking looking good? They showed up for the tournament. Uh, no particular order, just three teams. Brazil, France, England. Yeah. Yeah, I would sub out England for Spain. I think those are my top three Spain teams. as well, yeah. I got to mention, I got to do four. Yeah, I think Canada. I can't, I I can't think, exclude in any of those four. Yeah, I think Canada is definitely a team to watch out for. Ecuador could yep. be a bit deadly there. Um, Japan, obviously, with the Germany one. 
Yeah, and then uh, some disappointing teams you've seen so far. I think they're pretty obvious. Any team bottom, Qatar, didn't even really show up. Yeah, what would you say, Who out of these three teams, what would you say is the most disappointing? Qatar, Argentina, or Germany? I would say... I would say Argentina, I think. I mean, that was the biggest upset of the bunch. You got Costa Rica, who dropped seven goals. Yeah, I conceded yeah. seven, but I think they everyone and their mother expects them to finish bottom of that group. Yeah, yeah I would say Argentina dropping to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And that, that was such a big win that the, the king of Saudi Arabia gave the entire nation the, the following day off as a holiday. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think that answers that question for me. Yeah, all right. And that that win could just propel them out of the group. That's how big it was. So yeah, I'd say Argentina biggest disappointment. Disappointment. Yeah, I think it's too still too early to say. You played three games in the group for a reason. From um, this week, at least, not overall. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot more games to play. We pick up back up with match day two tomorrow with Group A and Group B playing. Uh, a lot on the line for us personally with the U.S., but overall it's looking looking like a very spicy tournament. So um, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, once again, happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays moving forward. A lot more soccer slash football left to be played. A lot more storylines to be written. I'm sure there's going to be some more um, stars coming out of nowhere. Um, hopefully Darwin Nunes can wake up for me with the golden boot, but... That's, that's a story yet to be told. Thanks, Zach, again, for coming on again. Appreciate you diving in this with me. And next time, I think we're going to come back Monday or Tuesday to talk about Match Day 2 play. So um, until then, we will catch you guys later, and uh, take care.